Hi, I'm Nancy Kingery, and today's leadership quote comes from Simon Sinek. Let us all be the leaders we wish we had. The Leader Assistant Podcast exists to encourage and challenge assistants to become confident, game-changing leader assistants. The Leader Assistant Podcast is brought to you by Goody. If you're starting to think about holiday gifts for your team like I am, Goody is a game changer. They have amazing gifts that people will really love, including brands that give back to charitable causes. As a longtime executive assistant, I've always been nervous about holiday gifting season. But thankfully, Goody's platform lets you send one gift or hundreds at the same time without ever worrying about shipping details. Can I get an amen? With Goody, your gift recipients provide all their shipping info, and they can even swap out your gift for another option if they prefer. It's free to start gifting, and you can get a $20 credit when you sign up. Oh, and if you mention you heard about Goody from the Leader Assistant podcast, Goody will add an extra $10 credit to your account. Go to leaderassistant.com slash goody to start gifting today. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Leader Assistant Podcast. It's your host, Jeremy Burrows. And I'm excited for you to be joining in and listening to episode 197. We're approaching episode 200, which is exciting uh, you can check out the show notes for this conversation I'm going about to have with Nancy Kingery at leaderassistant.com slash 197. That's leaderassistant.com slash 197. So Nancy, how is it going? Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm excited to talk with you today. What part of the world are you in? So Peoria, Illinois. So it's about three hours um, northeast of St. Louis, where you're from, right? Yeah, I was going to say, I, I, uh, I made a trip to Peoria. So I'm actually from Kansas City, but I lived in St. Louis for about 16 years. Okay. And I, uh, I just moved back during COVID to be okay. closer to family. But I, I drove to Peoria for a concert one time by myself because I couldn't find anybody to go with me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, just right central Illinois. So, um, yeah. Awesome. Not about, is it like a couple more hours to Chicago or is it about yeah, right it's between? Only, yeah, it's only three hours southwest of Chicago. Okay. Um, so we're, we're pretty close to both Chicago and St. Louis. Indianapolis is only um, about two hours away. So it's kind of centrally located in the United States. Nice. Awesome. And are you from that area? I'm actually from Iowa, and uh, my husband's job brought us to Illinois about 30 years ago. Okay, cool. Well, let's jump in. Before we talk about your professional career, tell us a little bit about yourself. What are your hobbies? Do you have cats, dogs, fish, <laughs> kids, any those types of things? Um, I have two grown children, uh, a son and a daughter, and I love to... Um, Mainly, I love to bike. I've, um, I bought an e-bike during COVID to get out and do something. And I'm completely hooked on that and will never go back probably to riding a normal bike again. So <laughs> I've had a lot of fun with that with my husband and some friends. And so I like to bike and uh, I like to bake. 
and cook. And I definitely did that more during COVID. Um, Play cards, visit with friends. So those are my hobbies. Nice. I actually just got an e-bike as well. Uh, which, Which one did you go with? I went with um, a specialized. Okay. So, um, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. I think that um, <clears throat> I'm not getting quite as much exercise, but I can go twice as far. Yeah. So I'm counting on, I'm counting it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got, uh, I think I got a rad Rover. Um, okay. And with the fat tires and it's been like anytime there's a nice day, I'm like making an excuse. Hey, I'll go pick up lunch or I'll go, you know, <laughs> do this or that. And yeah, it's it, especially we live in a very hilly neighborhood. So it was like I wasn't really going to ride my bike around the neighborhood, but now I can. So, yes, it's it's been a lot of fun. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. And a lot of my friends have also bought them as well. So we can all go as far as we want and uh, not be too worn out. Nice. <laughs> nice. Well, Let's talk about your career. So, Nancy, you've been an assistant for a long time. Why don't you tell us how you got into the role and a little bit about your career journey as an assistant? Okay. Well, um, I'm once again another accidental assistant. I know a lot of people are um, falling into that career. I have um, started out my assistant career at Maui Gym Sunglasses, and they are a premium global sunglass company based in Peoria, Illinois. And a friend of mine was working there and in the nine, in the mid nineties, and they needed somebody to come in and um, pack sunglasses up. And uh, I had been in banking previously, but took a few years off to raise my kids. And um, so I started, I started there in distribution and I did many, many hats there. I uh, did um, inventory and quality control and a little bit of repairs Um pick the orders, pack the orders. So, you know, anyone that's been part of a smaller company before it, you know, it goes global, um, wears many hats and does a lot of jobs. And so eventually I moved into the accounting department. They needed somebody to help them with a conversion from an AS400 system to an ASW, which will probably show my age when I talk about those uh, (laughs) systems. But um, I was part of an accounting department um, uh, where I took all of the old account numbers from the AS400 and converted them to the new account numbers in the ASW system. And I did that for a year. And and then when the um, transition was over, human resources department needed somebody. So this would be really my first um, entry into the assistant world. I was there for five years. There was, it's a small department of three women and we were a close knit team and we did um, that's where I learned all my event planning and um, onboarding of new employees. I met a lot of new people as we grew bigger and um, and brought on more salespeople. I really enjoyed all of what I was doing in the HR department, and I gained so many valuable lessons there. But after five years, um, the vice president of um, sales and marketing moved from California to Peoria, Illinois, and needed an assistant. And so my current executive in HR at the time asked me if I would like to help him out as well. Hmm. And so I was working for the HR VP and the sales VP at the same time. And it was getting to be quite um, busy for me to do both. And so she had told me to go ahead and just pick which department I would rather focus my full-time energy on. And so I picked 
sales and marketing because I'd already had five years in HR and I thought I'll try something new. So from there, I worked 14 years in the sales and marketing there at Maui Gem Sunglasses, once again, wearing a lot of hats. Um, I did mostly onboarding of sales reps, um, coaching and training, setting up their training um, in the Peoria office and out in the field. I did a lot of sales metric tracking. Um, I uh, helped create contest design flyers. I did tours of the company. We um, ended up building a huge prescription sunglass lab, um, state of the art, and I ended up giving tours to accounts. I would fly them in on the Maui Gym jet and then um, give them a tour of the company and uh, feed them lunch and give them some sunglasses and send them on their way. And uh, so I really enjoyed that. Um, Working, met a lot of my friends at this company and still do keep in contact with most of them. From there, I decided I had was getting comfortable in my role and I felt like I needed to try something new. And so um, I got on in the supply chain department at a healthcare system here in Peoria, OSF Healthcare. It's one of the large healthcare systems in Peoria. And so I learned supply chain. I learned healthcare. It was completely new industry for me. I worked for the chief supply chain officer and um, had a wonderful relationship with him, as well as my department. Um, I loved working in that department. I learned contracts. Um, I learned uh, how to um, oversee revenue received from rebates. I did some payroll processing. So I learned a lot of new things, also new terminology, (laughs) supply chain terminology, healthcare terminology, things that I'd never used um, working in my previous role. So you you went from a completely different industry. Um, What... A lot of times people are are nervous when they say, oh, I've been at this one industry for 10 years as an assistant. I don't know if my skills are transferable. What would you say to people who are questioning whether or not they can they can keep up in a different industry? I have to admit that it was very scary for me to leave after that long and being comfortable in what I was doing. I luckily had good mentors there in my new company, and I utilized their expertise. Um, The person that I took over from was still in my department. I was able to um, have her on hand. Um, You know, I asked a lot of questions. Um, I worked a little bit longer hours at first just to learn my job. I would not be afraid of changing because obviously I've changed again. (laughs) Never thought I would at this point in my career change jobs so quickly. But I would definitely encourage somebody, if you feel like you need to learn something new, you do transfer some of those skills over your executive assistant skills, but you also learn a lot of new things in each industry that you go in. And I'm very grateful that I was able to learn um, what I did when I was at OSF Healthcare. Hmm. Um, Felt very fortunate. My boss that I was working for at the time, my executive got a job in Ohio and moved away. And within a week, I... got a message on LinkedIn from this insurance company in Illinois from the rec- a recruiter in the HR department. And I didn't think much of it at first because, you know, my executive had just moved away. I was, you know, didn't have anybody I was directly reporting to. I loved where I worked and who I worked with and um, just didn't really answer it for a couple of weeks. But then when I got back into it, 
I'm like, oh, this isn't just some random recruiter. You know, you get those emails all the time. It's actually somebody that works in the HR department. I thought they needed an assistant that had some experience to work for their president and CEO who had never had an assistant before. Hmm. And so I did get a hold of her and I said, well, I'm, I am interested in this job. I think it would be something that would be challenging for me. And I would really enjoy trying to help a new executive um, learn how to work with an assistant. So I ended up getting um, interviewed and um, I liked who I was um, interviewing with. I thought the company had a great core values and and vision and um, just very kind people. I could tell there was a good culture there. And so um, I was very excited to get the offer to come and work. And I've been here for three years right before COVID hit, not three weeks before we shut down, I started this new position. <laughs> wow. So, okay, th- there's a lot, lot to talk about, but one thing I want to highlight and ask you about, if it's okay, is, you know, you, you mentioned your ex- executive had never had an assistant before, right? That's correct. So what are some things that you did to show <laughs> this executive how to work with an assistant, what are tips maybe for those listening who are trying to build a partnership with someone who's not used to having an assistant? So when I was talking with her in my interview, I could definitely tell she didn't really know how to begin uh, to to figure out what she needed, but Mm -hmm. I knew what she needed. And um, it's all about the communication. It's all about knowing and getting to know your executive personally and professionally. Um, that's very important to me. Um, I definitely made that clear in my interview that I really would like to get to know you personally. I, I need to know how you think and how you would answer questions. I think it helps having that good communication because you are a bridge. You are a bridge of communication to the rest of the company by working with an assistant. I think she she realized how much she was not getting done in her day. And it was such an, a fun challenge for me to free up time for her to get, you know, things done with strategy and, and vision. I was pretty insistent on giving her time to get things done during the day. Whereas I think before she was trying to do it all um, and, and was in back-to-back meetings constantly and, uh, I work for a fifth generation uh, family owned company. And so I think when you're a smaller company like that and in leadership role, you try to do it all. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So I think that I'd love to hear maybe was there a conversation that you had or a moment where you realized, okay, or, or your executive realized, oh, okay, this is, this is what having an assistant is all about. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. I, I sat down with her and, you know, in the first couple of weeks and just kind of um, listed the things that I could do for her, you know, not, it's not just calendar management, but it is um, being, and I don't like to hear gate gatekeeper, <laughs> I would rather be described as a gateway, you Mm -hmm. know, opening up those opportunities for her to have more meaningful and uh, um, 
productive relationships with those she works with and throughout the whole company. When we um, started in, you know, with the COVID, we did a company-wide chat. And this has been really, um, I think, very successful in the rest of the company, getting to know who she is. Um, you know, that's not always possible when you are mainly working with an executive team. And uh, it, it's been a, a good, you know, it took me a good six months to um, get her to give up some stuff, <laughs> you know, and, and tell her that these are the things that I can do for you. You know, she was readily able to give up some of the metric tracking, you know, for sales incentives. And um, but when we when I first started, she was um, talking about the fact that we were going to start running on an EOS system. And I know you interviewed another assistant that runs on EOS and it's called yeah. Entrepreneurial Operating System. So my first week in, she's like, okay, we've been talking about this with the leadership team, but now we're going to go ahead and implement it. And I want you to be the subject matter expert. And I want you to um, learn this traction tool software inside and out so that you can train the management and the rest of the company to run on this system. So for mm-hmm. two years, um, we worked on eventually implementing this throughout the entire company. So a lot of my job is metric tracking. It's getting, um, you know, it's communicating deliverables, um, you know, just being able to um, help with, you know, this system helps with meetings so that you don't run in circles. It gives you an agenda. Um, so a lot of my job is um, managing deliverables and the information flow from my executive to the team or vice versa. Are you ready to elevate your career in 2024? I'm Maggie Olson, founder of Nova Chief of Staff Certification, the first of its kind online course for aspiring and existing chiefs of staff. With curriculum taken directly from on-the-job responsibilities, Nova's self-paced learning modules provides you with hands-on experience so you can feel competent and confident moving into a chief of staff style role. It's the perfect next step for executive assistants. Head to leaderassistant.com Nova to learn more, grab the syllabus, and enroll today. That's great. I was I was just about to ask you, but you answered the question. I was going to ask you, what were a few of the things that your executive realized you could do um, to support her? And yeah, that's great. The that system is whatever whatever system you use. It's important important that everyone's on the same page and and using the same system. So that's great that you're able to kind of run point on that. Yes, it's been it's been uh, fun for me to learn the system myself, and it's been fun to coach and train on it. Yeah. So, okay, when I ask uh, my guests on the podcast, kind of in advance, when they're when you're scheduling time to chat, I usually ask what specific topics you would like to discuss on the show, and you mentioned a couple, and one of them is creating culture and invisible leadership. So, tell us a little bit about how you've created culture at the organizations that you've worked with and for the executives and the teams that you've worked with, and then maybe even just um, dive in a little bit to the idea of invisible leadership. So I think part of creating culture is um, bringing an attitude of joy to work. 
you know, um, it's not all, you know, joyful sometimes, you know, there are challenges, but I think if you can come with the right attitude and as you interact with all levels of the company and actively engage in intentional relationships, I think that helps create culture within your team, any committees that you would volunteer for, um, you know, any charities that you help help with creating a culture um, of being that friendly face and intentional relationships, um, kind, sociable. I think sometimes we we really believe that leadership and HR are the ones responsible for creating the culture, but it's every person individually creating that group culture mm-hmm. and, and, and making the place you work somewhere that people wonder why you like to work there and what makes it so great. It is the people. And if you can be part of that and, and be, you know, that friendly face to a new person or, you know, be involved in personal relationships, get to know your coworkers, that is the culture that starts with just one person. Um, I've always believed that. And I think that um, you can bring joy into the workplace every day and create a good culture in your department and your company through that. Um, Invisible leadership. I like talking about that because executive assistants, as you uh, point out in your book, are definitely invisible leaders. Um, We don't uh, ask for the credit. We don't seek it. Um, You know, we don't seek credit or being in the spotlight. But um, I read a quote the other day, and I wasn't sure who actually did quote this, but I thought it was really interesting talking about invisible leadership. Someone that is able to use unseen forces to positively impact their environment. Hmm. Unseen forces. That's an executive assistant. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Being able to read the room, you know, um, being aware, being responsive. Um, connecting the dots behind the scenes, mapping the needs, you know, for solutions, um, being able to manage up, you know, if you are an executive assistant and you have uh, an executive that you need to be able to manage up in the right way, have good communication with your um, executive. But I liked that saying, I thought that was really interesting, the unseen force behind the impact you have as an executive assistant. Have you ever had that itch or that desire to be seen? I think the only time I would have that desire to be seen is if like you worked really hard on a project, you know, and you kind of want that pat on the back that's like, oh man, you know, I put a lot of time into this and a lot of effort and, you know, your everyday things that you do you know, that goes without saying that it's definitely unseen because most people don't know what you do. But those big things, you know, the big projects, once in a while, I have to admit, it's nice to get a good job. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, amen to that. (laughs) Awesome, Nancy. Well, what's, what's kind of one thing that you wish you knew uh, back when you started your assistant career? that maybe if you could go back in time or if you could tell those listening who are newer in their career. I had one reach out to me the other day that's like, hey, I've only been an assistant for three months, just found out about the podcast. 
um, you know, what, what would you tell to, to your younger self, uh, just jumping into this career or to those listening, just, just getting started? I would say definitely work, you know, make communication with your executive, your top priority, figure out how they like to communicate. You know, is it email? Do they like to do it through chat? Do they like to be on the phone? I've had three completely different executives I've worked for. And actually, when I was at Maui Gym over the years, I worked for at least a half a dozen different executives and everybody has a different way of communicating. Find out what that is, because if you aren't communicating and being that bridge and you are assuming instead of asking questions, that is when I have made my biggest mistakes in my career is assuming too much, assuming that their answer was going to be this without confirming or asking questions because assumptions are the death of communication, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so that's what I would say. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to get clarity. Um, you know, you do have an influence on how your relationship progresses with your executive by your communication. So that would be what I would say um, to my younger self. Also, I do like to talk and I'm extroverted. I always have trouble not interrupting <laughs> <laughs> because I do like to visit. And so I had taken a LinkedIn learning course by April Stallworth last year. Yeah. And one of the things she said in that course, and I have it printed out as a reminder to myself to not um you know, Babylon too much. And her, um, what she said was be brief, be brilliant, be gone. <laughs> so so <laughs> I try, nice. I try to remember that when I am, you know, reading the room and going into talking with my executive, what do I need to say? Come with solutions, you know, don't come with the problem or the issue, but come with it in combination with the solution you're going to give them. Well said, Nancy. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, really, really I'm thankful for you reaching out and having courage to say, hey, put me on the podcast. Well, thank you very much for having me. I'm so excited. I love your book. I try to promote it anytime I can. And I, I just feel very grateful to be on here talking with you today. Awesome. Thank you so much. Well, how can people reach out to you? Is there is there a good way? Uh, do you prefer LinkedIn? Is there anywhere else that people, if they want to say hi and connect? Definitely could connect through LinkedIn. I'd be happy to connect with anybody. I'd love to build my executive assistant peer community as well. Awesome. Well, for those listening, I will share Nancy's LinkedIn URL in the show notes at leaderassistant.com slash 197. Leaderassistant.com slash 197. Nancy, thank you so much. Best of luck to you in Peoria, Illinois. And uh, we hope to uh, talk soon. Thank you so much, Jeremy, for having me on your show. Have a good night. Please review on Apple Podcasts. GoBullows.com